0: Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Flavor. That's not actually true. I'm Andy J. Pizza. Sorry, I'm a little rusty. Took three weeks off. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. This week's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity and career take classes in social media marketing mobile photography creative writing or even illustration whether you're looking to discover a new passion start a side hustle or gain new professional skills skillshare is there to keep you learning thriving and reaching for those new goals two free months of skillshare whoa go to skillshare.com creative I don't know about you, but this time of the year, I always get into a slump. It's back to school after vacation, and I just start feeling uninspired and kind of stuck and confused about, you know, kind of fumbling in the dark to find my creative path again. If you're feeling like that, boy, have I got some news for you. Creative Pep Rally Tour is about to begin. Choo-choo, get on that creative train. September 26th, baby. We're coming to Columbus, Ohio. I'm not going anywhere. I freaking live here. But guess who is coming here? Lisa Congdon. And we are doing a tour day together to promote her book, Find Your Creative Voice, in which I am featured within. I'm a part of the book. We are going to be doing a, an evening with... Lisa Congdon and myself, she's going to give a talk. I'm going to give a talk. We're going to do a Q&A together. There's going to be some festivities before and after. If you pick up a ticket, you will get a complimentary copy of the book, and Lisa will be there doing signing. If you want to be the first to find out when tickets go on sale, which they should be going on sale this week, go to creativepeptalk.com tour and sign up to the newsletter. Newsletter subscribers will get early access to tickets. You don't want to miss this. I think we're going to sell out, so I would go ahead and go sign up to that. I'm so freaking pumped about this. I have been uh, crafting this talk um, on the road, if you will, for a while, and I'm so pumped to hear Lisa's talk on her new book and all of her insights about creative voice. Go check it out with all the other creative pepperonis. This is going to be the the, uh, the only stop in Ohio and probably the surrounding areas for this leg of the tour for the foreseeable future so don't miss it creativepeptalk.com slash tour to sign up to the newsletter so that you can get early access to the tickets it's at the Gateway Theater September 26th in Columbus, Ohio yeah let's do it And We're back. Oh my gosh. I've never taken three weeks off in five years of making this show. I've never taken three weeks off and I am bursting at the brim with so much pep and so much stuff. I got to tell you, my mind is just racing with a million episodes and and I am so freaking pumped to be back ready to bring you the pep this episode in particular i am just jazzed out of my gourd uh, to bring to you i hope that it fills you with so much excitement and insight into your path that you just burst forth from this uh tuesday or whatever day you're listening to it from in (laughs) here it is we're back man we're back baby let's do this Today's episode is about getting you unstuck on your creative journey towards slaying those dragons, your ultimate dragon in this season of your creative career. Uh, there's lots of times in my creative career where I just feel like I've lost my path. There's nothing more sweet to me than you know, having all the signs and signals and accomplishments and victories that go along with feeling like you're right at the center of your journey, of your path. But often, like real often, like I would say two-thirds of the time, I feel like I'm in the wilderness not seeing my path lost, stuck, and unable to move past the obstacles in my way towards slaying my creative career dragons. Does that make sense? Like, I, uh, I often feel stuck. Right, And uh, I've learned a bunch of techniques when I'm in that zone, when I feel like I'm not, I'm not seeing the signs, I'm not seeing the progress, I'm not feeling the juice inside that gets me excited about the journey that I'm on and I'm overwhelmed by the monotony, the mundane and the freaking obstacles in my way that are holding me back. And uh, in this episode is designed to help you get back on the path towards slaying your dragons, make make sense of the narrative that you're on, uh, and get you right back into the center of that, making progress. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. So we're gonna do it through the lens of this story that I wrote you. It's It's about a dragon and a wizard. So there once was a dragon. It was wreaking havoc on the townspeople. And this wizard, this magical Merlin-type figure, comes out of the woodwork, and he does this incredible... He can't defeat the dragon. He doesn't have... That's not his purpose. That's not his uh, calling. But what he can do is enclose the dragon in a castle. But he doesn't just do that. He curses the castle with three... Layers of moats. There's three inner walls within this castle and inside the most innermost wall lies the dragon. So, there's three moats. There's a moat of fire. There's a moat of spikes. There's a moat of acid. And inside those three cursed walls is your creative career destiny, the dragon, the goal that you're there to slay. And there's a, there's lore surrounding this dragon. You must dodge the fire, avoid the spikes, resist the acid. For the only way to slay the dragon is from within. And so there you are. You see, you know, you're the one. You're the, you're called to slay this dragon. It's you, man. It's you. How are you gonna do it? How are you gonna get through these cursed moats? How? You know, the only way to slay the dragon is from within these walls. Every soldier, every knight, every every warrior that's attempted to scale the walls and like you know catapult themselves over these obstacles has hit an invisible magical force field and just bounced off and maybe you broke an arm or something, but they didn't get in and couldn't fight the dragon. You've gotta go through them, and it's just like life. There's so many things that you'd love to avoid. You'd you'd love to avoid that moment when you needed that part-time job, or you need this full-time job, or you need uh, to to go to the dentist, or I don't know where that one came from, but you have to do, there's so many things in the way You have to send a hundred emails. You got to write a bunch of correspondence. You got to make networking calls. You got to go to events. You got to all do all this freaking crap to get through the obstacles, to get to the actual thing that you want to do. And it all feels meaningless. They feel disconnected from what you have to do to slay your dragon from your real purpose. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how each one of these layers is key to becoming the type of person that you need to be to slay the dragon. So let's go to the first one, the ring of fire. So the first ring that stops you from making progress on your path is the ring of fire. And by this, I mean being fired up about the journey? Are you motivated day in, day out in a disciplined fashion, in a consistent fashion where you can stack up those days of progress towards meeting your goal and slaying your dragon? There are so many times in my career, in my my walk, that I realize that I'm not actually fired up about my end goal. And if I don't have that vision that's Lighting me up from the inside. I get apathetic and I want to avoid work and I want to avoid putting in the time and I found that there's kind of three reasons why I lose my fire if I don't have that 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 goal sorted and there are three things the first two are kind of uh, connected so it's either a belief in self a belief that you have what it takes to achieve this goal. Like if you don't believe that you can do it, you will not dig. If you don't think that there's uh, that you actually have what it takes to dig far enough down to find the gold, like you don't think you have the muscles, then you're not going to put in the time because you're like, it doesn't really matter if I put in work today. Ultimately, I don't have what it takes to put it. I don't have the stamina and the endurance and the muscles to get to the gold. Now, the other side of that is you don't actually believe that there's gold. Or the amount of gold that's down there, you don't think it's actually worth the kind of work that it takes. Let's say you think it's going to take you a year to dig down to get that gold, gold but there's only enough gold to make a, one ring. So it's only worth a month's paycheck, right? So you don't feel like the goal's worth it. So you're not excited about the goal. So the first two reasons why you might not have FIRE is either you don't believe in your capabilities to, to achieve the goal, or you believe even if you could achieve the goal, it's not going to be worth it, and uh, this is where smart goals comes in. And Michael Hyatt talks a lot about this, like setting a goal that is the perfect balance between mastery and challenge. This also comes into play when it when we're talking about the flow state. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, sent me high. He wrote a book about flow, and he talks about we get into flow when we're at a task that is the perfect balance of we're cut out for it but it's also calling out it's pushing us and pulling us forward and that it requires a little bit more than we think we're capable of and so that might be the problem you might have a goal you might have a dragon you might in, you might have entered a castle that is far beyond where you are and if that's the case then you need to lower the bar like I'll just tell you right now, uh, I was a lot of my goals right now have to do with public speaking. I've kind of shifted back into that zone. And for a while, the type of talks that I wanna do are are mostly they're kind of I'm embarrassed to even talk about this publicly because it's weird, but it's kind of storytelling with a little humor. So it's kind it's not stand up comedy, it's almost like stand up dramedy. And I would even I really chafe it calling it stand up because I'm not a stand up and I'm not really telling jokes although it's quite silly what I do on stage but for the longest time I thought I can't think of a goal other than like having a Netflix special which feels impossible I don't believe in myself I don't believe that I could do that based on the trajectory I'm at I'm not saying I don't believe I don't look I don't need your emails well if you want to give me emails that say we believe in you Eddie I'll take them but I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm just saying the path that I'm on right now it doesn't really lead to a Netflix special. That's quite. If I if I believe that completely, I might be an egomaniac. But um, and maybe that could be a further dragon down the road after I slay my first dragon. But I had to find some closer to home goals that still stretched me that still got me excited to still made me pull inner strength to be like i'm gonna have to freaking find out how to go super saiyan on this path if i'm ever gonna slay this dragon but i'm not gonna have to go super saiyan 4 right you can't go from regular saiyan does anybody know what i'm talking about i'm talking about dragon ball z but you got to find the thing what's the thing that's the next super saiyan level if you're super saiyan right now Your goal should be requiring you to go Super Saiyan 2, not Super Saiyan 4 with fusion earrings with Vegeta. If you don't know Dragon Ball Z, you hate me right now. Anyway, that's what you got to do. You got to find what's that perfect goal that hits that balance of both things. Now, there's the third thing. There's the third reason you might not be fired up about your goal. And this is you don't believe in the innate goodness of your goal. We've talked about this on the show before, but it's this idea that you have both a hero of your story in your consciousness and the audience of your story. Your subconscious is the part of your brain that's the audience watching your conscious mind go out there in your path. And if your subconscious is watching your conscious pick goals that are pure ego stroking, your subconscious is going to be like, I hope this egomaniac loses because this goal is not worth having. When you watch a movie and the hero wants something that is egotistical, self-serving, hurts others, you root against them. And when your goal is only that, your subconscious works against and roots against you. And so one of the ways that I found uh, this practice really helped me, even in when I was pitched it, I thought that's a cool idea. But then when in practice, when I did it, it freaking changed things. So in my hero's journey, as I'm trying to slay dragons, there's a, I have a, uh, a, a listener of this podcast. Her name's Conde Bartlett. Uh, Hi Conde. Um, And she, uh, she's kind of like the mage in my party. She's got like spiritual healing. And she told me when I was telling her about some of these big goals, some of these big things that I have uh, on my plate right now in the cooker, in the, in the potential opportunity bucket, um, she said that, you know, get your goal and then write out why achieving this goal would be great for you, for your spouse, for your kids, for your friends, and for your audience. And I, and I thought, that's a cool idea. But as I did it, I got so freaking fired up because I realized this goal, if I achieve it, is going to have a, a positive ripple effect that's going to dramatically change the people close to me and even impact those who are not close to me that are just watching from a periphery standpoint. And, and it totally invigorated not just my conscious ego mind that's like, yeah, I want to go get the glory, but it engaged in the full self, my gut brain that was like, yeah, we're down for this. My intuitive brain that's like, look, this is why we're on the planet. And when you dive deep and you get a goal that a dragon that you say, if I slay this, I'm not going to just be hailed as the, the hero. I'm going to save the town because it's wreaking havoc on all these people. So you gotta find it. It's one of those things. If you're not fired up about your goal right now, baby, it's one of those problems. Either you don't believe in yourself, you're not excited about this goal because you think it's not worth the effort, or you don't believe in the goodness of achieving this goal, and you've gotta find one that fits, that balances all three of these things. That's the Venn diagram. I don't know what a Venn diagram with three circles is called. I don't know. I can't even come up with the name. I try to come up with a weird one. The thrice diagram sounded ridiculous. That's not even worth commenting on, but that's what you got to find. You got to find that perfect balance of these three things. If you're not fired up about your goal, if you don't know what your goal is, you're not fired up about it right now. That's your first business or you're not getting through the ring of fire. second moat is full of spikes. You got to get past the spikes. And you tried it and you punctured your left middle toe and cried all the way back, wee, 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 all the way home. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about. That's number two. All right, number three. (laughs) Just kidding. Number two is the spikes, okay? That's the prickly bit. It's when things get prickly and you're feeling like uh lost you're feeling like i have no idea there's i've tried everything to get around these spikes and i cannot get through them uh and and um, there's a bunch of times in my creative career when i feel like uh i something like i've gone the wrong way like i took the wrong side road and now i'm off and it looked kind of familiar at first or it looked kind of right but eventually i'm just like struggling in vines and weeds and and i can't tell up from down and there's I just often feel like that. I get in that zone where I'm like lost. I'm like, why did I even go this way? Why did I even say yes to this journey? What am I doing? I've lost the pulse of my narrative. I can't find, I can't find the meaning. I'm not seeing the signs. Like It's just not, nothing's working for me, and I'm lost. And about that time is when you remember before you even entered the castle, There was a villager on the side of the road, and he said something random about uh, some armor that could withstand punctures. And you're like, dude, I'm trying to freaking kill a dragon. I don't have time to talk with you about your stupid problems. And then you realize, holy crap, he wasn't talking to me about his stupid problems. He was trying to solve a future one of my problems with a side quest, something that seemed irrelevant, something that seemed like... uh, Nothing to do with your mission. And so for this one, I found that there's lots of times when I'm feeling completely lost in the wilderness, completely punctured. Uh, I realized that six months ago, something came into my purview. I don't know if that's the correct use of that term, but it sounded so right when I said it. And now maybe if I'd said it right, Then, and I never brought it up. You guys would have just thought I was smart, but now you don't know I'm dumb. Anyway, uh, there's so many times where I feel really, really lost that I realized that I missed a turn. I missed an email that had an opportunity that seemed completely like an aside, but it was actually a side quest that was going to give me a piece that I needed on my journey. You know, starting out when I was just, I was thinking recently back through the story. Um, you know, when you tell stories over and over, you end up kind of missing details or, or you know, there, there's this thing about, you know, the scientists talk about our memories are, you know, only a certain percentage true because every time we tell them, they kind of mold and change. And I've told the story of meeting my buddy Andrew Nyer a bunch of times because he really got me out of a dark place early on in my career by inviting me to do a, an art show at his gallery in Cincinnati. And what I re- what I realized was, was that what actually happened wasn't I was in a dark time, Andrew emailed me. And, you know, everything changed after that. What had actually happened was Andrew had emailed me in a really busy season when I just moved to the States from the UK. And he had asked me if I wanted to do a collaboration to do something in his gallery. And I was like, this guy's super cool. I'm really pumped about this. But then I completely forgot about it. And I got, you know, got swept up in the busyness of the move and all that stuff. And it wasn't until later when everything had locked up, everything had gone wrong, I had no money, there was bills, and this was a terrible time. This was back in 2010. And it wasn't until that time when I was completely stuck and not able to come up with answers that I would remembered that email. And it was like the villager before the castle that was trying to get me on a side quest that was going to ultimately lead to some pieces that were... So necessary, and I remembered that email, and I thought, you know what? I tried everything else. I'm going to follow up with this guy. And the show that we did ended up bringing us to New York. Ended up giving me another shot at a huge job with Nickelodeon, um, and and it got me completely back on the path. And the same thing happens over and over and over again. I can't tell you all the details, but it happened recently in a major, major way. One of the most, one of the coolest opportunities ever. Uh, no, the coolest opportunity ever at the start of this year came from a situation just like that where someone had reached out to do a collaboration, seemed completely random, didn't seem like it was going to lead to anything in particular, and I got got caught up in the business of life and ignored the email, and then only when I came back to that thing uh, that I had a weird feeling about uh, and explored that, that something else was unlocked, and it's happened again. So, Uh, And again after that, so are there things, were there villagers in your life think back. If you're feeling stuck, if you feel like, how did I get here? I've lost my way. It might be because you took a wrong turn. There was a side quest that was necessary. Go back through your emails. Go back through the people you met at conferences. Go back through the opportunities, the people that you met at school, whatever it was. Anything that piqued your interest, that you had a feeling about, that you just somehow got distracted by. I feel like if there's a force that's trying to burst through you that story there's also antagonists there's uh there's uh there's things coming against you to try to distract you keep you from l- living into those side quests that are going to make all the difference so ask yourself is there anything that i missed is there a there's you know i sometimes call it finishing your plate we're looking for seconds on the barbecue chicken but we haven't even eaten our broccoli right? Is there stuff that you've left undone that you look irrelevant, but you had a feeling about it and you need to go check it out before the story progresses. That's how you get past those spiky prickly bits when you're surrounded by wilderness and all feels like it's lost and up is down, down is right and upside yellow and green. Get it? That's confusing, right? Exactly. If you're feeling like that, go talk to the guy about the armor. Take it out of context and it doesn't make any sense. Put it in context and it makes almost sense. <laughs> Alright, we'll go to three in just a second, getting through the moat of acid. But first. Share skills, share skills, share, skills, share, skill, share, skill, share, skill, share, skill, share, skill share. That's the <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's, uh, am I going to leave that in the episode? you dang right I just did, because you're hearing it. Skillshare, sk- share skill. Uh, sk- Skillshare, I love Skillshare. I actually think that, you know, we have a, a major, 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 major problem in the education world, in the higher education, further education world in the United States of America. And although I don't think online videos and and online classes are gonna solve all of our educational problems, I do believe that they solve some of the biggest. And Skillshare is, in the creative sector, Doing that in a major way, I think these people are the real deal. They are providing super value. And if you are stuck in your creative career, it might be because you're missing a skill. And guess what? There's a place where they share skills. Share skill. <laughs> Skillshare. Go check it out. Skillshare.com slash three, no, two months, sorry, I got excited. Two months for free, you can binge a bunch of classes in that time. And then if you're loving it, stay signed up and continue to upgrade yourself. Uh, Tom Froze has some lovely classes on there. If you're an illustrator, Jessica Hish has some brilliant lettering classes. Drappling he's got the logos coming at you. There is so many great classes that I've taken and that have had an impact on me. If you are stuck, it might be because you need to upgrade your skills. Go to ShareSkill. <laughs> <No. laughs> go to skillsharecom pep for two months free. The final moat between you and your dragon is the moat of acid. How do you get through the acid? It's a tough one. It's a tricky one. You've tried everything. You've racked your brain. You can't figure it out. You burnt your pinky toe on <laughs> the acid. It's not a lot of effort you're putting in. All you're ever doing is hurting one of your toes. Come on, Jump, you know, put a whole foot in and try it out. You haven't figured it out. You can't figure out how to get through the acid, right? I was in this situation, a dark, dark place, back when I was just a young boy. I was up, back up against the wall. Man, I was trying everything, but I just couldn't beat the water temple on Zelda Ocarina of Time. I, I, I was someone who didn't believe in walkthroughs. I didn't believe in the easy shortcut answers. I didn't want to go, you know, cheat and have someone tell me how to get through it. I got this far. I think it's like the seventh temple in the game almost. I've gotten so far. I've got the long shot. I'm freaking kicking butt left and right. However, I can't, for months I try to work on this water temple, and I can't get through it. It was a it's a sensitive time. Even now I get a little choked up, but guess what I did? I asked a friend. I was like, Hey man, I know you got through the water temple. And I know by the way that you use the walkthrough guide. I, I disapprove of it highly. I don't support your cheatery, but I'm in a freaking tight place. Can you help a brother out? And I asked him, how do you get past this part in the water temple? And he's like, bring the game over to my house and I'll show you how to get past this little part. And, uh, he didn't like three seconds and it was something I never ever. You got to go under this little platform. I know I spoiler alert. If you're playing Ocarina of time in 2019, but there's this little platform and you got to swim under it when the water's at a certain level and it just, it doesn't make any sense, honestly. And, uh, it's notorious temple for that reason. And I, I asked, I reached out for help, and I got past it, and I finished the game, and, and I never looked back, okay? And here's what I'm telling you. There are certain obstacles on your journey where the solution is not obvious. It's not logical. You can't know it unless you've done it. And in those situations, you've got to reach out for help. You don't know what you don't know. And in those scenarios, you know, right now, there's this uh, situation where, ah, man, sometimes I'm nervous about telling you the whole story because I got to leave some of the, uh, you know, it's not mystic pizza if there's no mystery. (laughs) I don't live a mysterious life. I'm just lying to myself. Here's the truth. I'm in a situation where I can't there's certain podcasts that I'd want to be on. There's certain conference stages that I'd want to be on. There's certain opportunities that I'd want to have that I can't, I'm very unlikely to get uh, opportunities to do so without a published book, a nonfiction published book on my area of expertise. And so I've tried every which way to circumnavigate the acid Uh, moat, but there are certain moats that you can't get through without one particular thing. Like, you have to have this thing, and if you don't have it, you can't get through. And I've I've only realized that from talking to people and immersing myself in the worlds of people who have done these things that I want to do and realize what's the difference between me and them. And I've reached out to those people and I've talked to those people and I had those light bulb moments. But here's the thing. Here's my suggestion to you. My suggestion is One of the problems that you've had trying to get advice from potential mentors, email mentors even, is that you're going too far. You're going to the people that have slayed the dragons or even further dragons and bigger castles with more moats down the road because they're the most knowledgeable, impressive people. But when you go to those people and you say, hey, how do I get past the acid why do you sound like that? You're, that's your first problem. Don't use that voice when you're trying to get a new mentor. They're gonna think it's creepy and weird. You say, "Hey, I want to get past the acid moat in the first castle." <laughs> and they're like, "Get away from me! You sound like a freak." Um, but <laughs> anyway, the uh, you're like, and they're and they look at you, and they've got all these freaking scales from every dragon mounted to their chest like a like medals of honor, and they're like. I have no time for you. You've never even slayed one dragon. It's a waste of my breath to try to help you out. And it's not because they're selfish or mean, it's because they have thousands of people like you stuck in the fire moats, stuck in the early moats, and they ju- there's just no, they have to sort out who, their resources and spend them wisely on people that have clear potential and they have to sort it out somehow, right? And so they can't, they can't give time to everybody. And so the secret way of getting these email mentors, getting these virtual mentors, getting these real-life mentors is not going to your hero, but going to the person that has just got past the next step that you need to get past and talking with them and engaging with them and finding out what you don't know that you don't know. And so you ask a person you know that's got through the acid, what am I missing? What am I, what, I'm stuck here, I can't get past it, I can't even tell what I don't know, and you ask them, and they will be able to unlock it, and for them, if they just got past the acid, or they just slayed the dragon in that minor castle then they can look at you and be like, "Oh man, you're already past the fire and spikes. I'm definitely willing to spend some time helping you because if you, if I help you, if I give you this piece, you're likely to get through the acid. And if you go slay that dragon, then that I get a little bit of sense of accomplishment from helping somebody. That uh, I, you know, if you slay that dragon, I slay it a little bit too because I gave you the keys to the castle, baby. Right? So that's how you do it. You got to go find people, not your heroes, not the people that impress you like." wildfire but the people that are just a few steps ahead of you they're gonna be so willing to turn around because guess what you're also gonna be able to provide secrets about how you got through the fire and the spikes so that they can use those next time because maybe they just narrowly escaped death getting through the spikes and so you go find that person that got through the acid and you find out that he lives in a higher climate in the hills and if you spend weeks up in the mountains at that altitude your skin actually uh climatizes to the same (laughs) very fantastical to the same element that's found within the acid it becomes acid resistant so you go up there and you meditate with this mentor for three months and you come back and you walk through the acid to the inner gate. You see the dragon and let me tell you what happens next. So you get past all three interior walls, the lake of fire the spikes, the acid. You're on the other side and you're stood there in front of an impossibly huge, windy, swirly, whirly dragon like Goku and you're like, the little Goku from Dragon Ball Z again, back to that in front of the giant Shinron dragon. But this dragon doesn't want to grant you a wish. It wants to decapitate you. It wants to fry you to a crisp. And so it comes at you with the fire breath whoo, coming at you, but you dodge it. You know how to deal with fire. You get past it and it lunges and it plunges and it flings towards you with those sharp, razor-sharp, spiky teeth, and you're used to the spike. You're a spiker. You love the spike. You eat the spike. Your mama was a spiker. That's a little Seinfeld reference. You dodge the teeth, narrowly escaping it, but it goes ahead and swallows you whole. And you're there in the stomach of the beast, in the belly of the whale, so to speak. Like I said, it's a dragon, not a whale, for those of you that are easily confused. And you're sat there in the pit of this dragon, getting, you know, sat in the secretion of the stomach acid, knowing that you failed the dark night of the soul you were you you got through the obstacles but the dragon defeated you all is lost and you think about it and you're you've given up and you remember the lore from the wizard dodge the fire avoid the spikes resist the acid you did it all you're supposed to be able to slay the dragon from within the castle right the only way to slay the dragon is from within but you were too tired after going through all these obstacles and you didn't have it in you and the dragon handed your butt to you and there you are given up about to go into the digestive tract Of this insane beast, which, you know, I heard like intestines in a human is like as long as a football field. Who knows how many football fields you're about to pass through in the belly of this dragon. If it only wasn't for these stupid obstacles, these irrelevant obstacles in the way of the thing that you've been here put on this planet to do, you would have been able to do it, Right? If was it wasn't only, if you just had to make the art and you didn't have to send the emails and you didn't have to network and you didn't have to go to the conferences and you didn't have to converse and FaceTime with people and you didn't have to have that job where you're making the money and you didn't have to pay your rent and you did all those stupid obstacles were out of the way, you could finally make your movie, you could finally make your art, you could finally write that book, you could finally create that comic, right? I felt the same way at the beginning of my career. I had to work, you know, even before that, in high school, I had to work at the movie theater, and I freaking hated it. But I hated it so bad that you know what it did? It fired me up. I got fired up to find employment that I didn't dread and that I didn't hate so bad. And then when I went to college, I had to have a part-time job, and I worked at Subway, and I freaking hated working at subway although i've somehow in a weird way have a new fondness for subway again i've been back on the subway sandwiches but that we don't have time for that but in in college i had to have a part-time job and i freaking hated it so bad so it was the spikes right (laughs) but if i hadn't worked at subway Those who know the lore of the pizza know that I wouldn't have found my rock and foundation that is Sophie Miller, my wife, because we met when our hands touched, reaching for the cold cuts. That's not exactly true, but she did work at Subway, and that's where I met her, and had I not had that job, I would not be married to this uh, th- one that pep talks, the pep talker that believed in me, that pushed me, that, that enabled me to buckle down on my strengths and let go of my weaknesses. And she has been there. And when she's not there, when I have to go travel sometimes or when I'm too long without her, or, sh- you know, she got stuck in another country for five days, I realize how weak I am, how bad I need this partner in crime, and how I could not have done all this stuff that I've done had I not had that, had I not gone through the spikes of Subway, right? And I have countless tales, you know, doing leaflets for my parents' church Uh, Just because I needed to make a few bones and it caused me to do all these terrible experiments making uh, some ugly stuff that I didn't really care for. And in those experiments, I learned how to do these new techniques and new textures and new things in Photoshop that ended up unlocking some of my greatest style points. So what's my freaking point? My point is the castle, the obstacles, they're not a curse, they're a blessing. The wizard wasn't evil. He was protecting us from the evil of the dragon, from the evil of ourselves that want to skip the path. You don't hit the magical force field when you try to catapult into the castle because it's cursed. You hit it because it's blessed. It's blessed that you have to walk the road because it's the fire pit that teaches you how to deal with the fire of the dragon, it's the spikes. It's the spike mode that deals, that helps you deal and miss the teeth. It's the freaking acid that you have to climatize to your, yourself to, so that when you're there, the hero sat in the belly of the beast. If I hadn't had the fire mo, if I didn't go through the fire mode of crappy employment that I hated, I wouldn't have the fire to go to college with such energy and be such a good student. If I hadn't had to have the spiky subway job, I wouldn't have had the Sophie that gets me to show up day after day. If I hadn't had those early jobs, those crappy jobs that forced me out of my comfort zone and made me experiment and made me new, try, try new things, I didn't go through that acid trip, if, if you will. I wouldn't have had the style that I needed to slay my dragon, to work with the New York Times. I never would have brought down those illustration dragons had it not been for the obstacles in the way. And so no matter how irrelevant they may seem, the things that are in front of you now are teaching you, training you into the person you need to be to slay your dragons and you realize you're not scorched, you're not punctured, and this acid feels like a freaking hot tub that you're soaking in, you figure it out. You must dodge the fire, avoid the spikes, resist the acid, for the only way to slay the dragon is from within. And it's not from within the castle it's from within the belly of the beast itself and you pull out your sword and you slice it open and you you've killed the freaking dragon all because the journey prepared you for the fight And the same goes for you right now. You might be facing some side quests, some obstacles, some motes of fire, spikes, and acid that seem so irrelevant. They seem so counterproductive. They seem like the thing that's stopping you from getting to the thing, when in fact, it is the way. And you might be Facing a dragon today, you might be stepping into that inner circle, about to need to perform at your highest creative level, wondering, Do I got what it takes? But I tell you something, you can't get to the dragon if you didn't have to go through the fire. And it's the journey that's prepared you. You have everything that you need to take this thing down. Or maybe you're in a dark place. You're in a hot spot. You're in a tight spot. You're in the dark night of the soul where you thought you were gonna make it and everything, maybe you know. Maybe it was health problem, maybe it was a money problem, an unexpected obstacle, an unexpected uh, setback, an unexpected failure, and you were so close to taste in victory, and you got eight. And I hope that for today you hear it, that it's from within that place that you find it within yourself to become the person you need to be to slay that dragon. So don't resist the obstacles, lean into them, figure out how to work your way past them, and claim your creative career destiny. Roar! <laughs> how, many, how many roars can I fit into this episode? It's weird. I'm just alone in, a, in the upstairs of my studio, roaring to myself. roar uh thank you guys for listening i am so freaking pumped to be back i got a bunch of stuff on my heart and on my mind that i want to share with you we got a bunch of exciting things lined up for the last leg of this year don't forget to go to creativepeptalk.com slash tour to sign up to the newsletter so you can get early access to the creative pep rally tour tickets the first date september 26th columbus ohio me and lisa congdon Go sign up, creativepeptalk.com slash tour, and you will be the first to know about ticket sales. I'm excited to see you guys again. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. So go sign up. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks for production help from Chris Graham of Chris Graham Mastering and the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Thanks to all of you. You make it happen. Thanks to our Patreon backers. You, you make it happen. We couldn't do it without you. And until we speak again, stay pepped.